With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Source material bonus content. What is going on, everybody? I thought I'd just drop a real quick bonus episode. Following up Chris Armstrong, Evan Bevins, and myself talking the new Fantastic Four three issues of Fantastic Four, 347, 348, and 349 that dropped in 1990 with a what if that Evan had mentioned. Uh, It's actually what if volume two issue number 78. This was a comic that hit the shelves August 24th, 1995. Uh, It was written by Chuck Dixon, penciled by Enrique Alcatena, inked and colored by Tom Smith and lettered by Steve Dutro. So Evan mentioned this what if. He said he hadn't read it. And I thought, well, I want to check it out just to kind of see what happens because it's real fresh in my mind. We we just recorded the new FF episode a couple days ago and I actually edited the episode this morning. So why not do this as a little bonus source material episode solo style where I'm going to kind of look through the book. I always love what if stories. So Again, this is almost five years after that first get-together of the new FF, Spider-Man, Grey Hulk, Wolverine, and Ghost Rider. We mentioned in the podcast about how much of a lasting effect this team had. Stories or allusions to this team had appeared throughout Marvel history after it had happened. So let's see what this What If by Chuck Dixon has in store for us. <laughs> let's talk about the cover of this What If and man... I like Simon Beasley. Simon Beasley, known for Judge Dredd, British comic book artist. And I mean, my goodness, some of his art is just fantastic. It's great. Yes, he was on Body Count, which Body Count was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic, Raphael and Casey Jones team, which I think is mentioned in The Last Ronin. Yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Body Count with Kevin Eastman four-issue miniseries published by Image Comics back in 1996. I still want to read that. I've seen pictures of it. It looked awesome. Anyway, Simon Beasley, you can tell, just his art has this great, unique, almost gritty style to it. Known for his work on Judge Dredd magazine, 2000 AD. Uh, I remember seeing him in Batman Judge Dredd, Judgment on Gotham, which was Ronnie Adams and myself talked that book uh, a long time ago. I have to jump in the archives at some point. According to the wiki, yeah, in Marvel, he didn't really have he didn't really do a whole lot with Marvel. Incredible Hulk number 620, Halo graphic novel from 2006, X-Men Unlimited number 46 in 2003. So, yeah, you'll you'll know him mostly from his work on Judge Dredd. Just a tremendous tremendous talent. This cover, 
We have the Grey Hulk, which is what we got in the original comics from the, the original Fantastic Four, new FF comics there. Uh, hunched over, ready, fist clenched, just ready to teeth bared. Uh, everybody has their teeth bared, including Ghost Rider, which well, I guess he doesn't have any lips. He's just a skull. <laughs> but anyway, the Hulk looks mean. Uh, Wolverine in his classic brown and yellow. Love it. Uh, then Spider-Man, who's in his classic red and blues. Uh, it's a neat it's neat seeing Simon's take on that. And then Ghost Rider, I mean, wow, he looks evil in this. Just evil. Has his hand outstretched. And his hand is actually like has sharpened claws at the end of it. It looks scary. Uh, the Hulk yelling, you know what time it is. And it's even got down here at the bottom, the world's rowdiest comic magazine. We mentioned that on the other podcast about how they'd always put that stuff at the bottom of the three issues. Well, at the bottom of the Fantastic Four comics. So the world's rowdiest comic magazine. So we open this up and it's Hulk, Wolverine, Spider-Man, and a lot of other superheroes from around the Marvel Universe paying their respects to the Fantastic Four. It's this huge monument. I don't know where they're at here, but it says it was the saddest day anyone could remember. And there is a priest up on the front stage delivering the eulogy for Reed Richards, Susan Richards, Johnny Storm, Benjamin Grimm, Sharon Ventura. The world will never see their like again. So they're dead. Title of this story is Four Against the Darkness. And we have Spider-Man, Hulk, and, and Wolverine talking about how the events of the new FF, 340, basically the end of three, uh, Fantastic Four 349, when they're facing off with the Mole Man and the scroll Delilah that she used. I'll, I'll just read to you what Hulk says here. He says, we fought monsters and scrolls and those skeevy mole guys by the bushelful. We defused a bomb that could have killed us all. But then that scroll chippy aims that dingus at the four. When Delilah has this disruptor, it's called a synapse disruptor, by the way. She has to touch people with it. And when she does, it basically knocks them out. She tries it on Reed at one point. Apparently, she doesn't hit him long enough to actually knock him out. But he loses, like, ability to control his body. He becomes this big, you know, bunch of stringy reed, I guess you'd say. Uh, she can't believe that he's still awake, and then she jumps up on top of him, hits him again. So again, everything is pointing to this weapon being something that you have to touch somebody with and in order to knock them out. Now, at the very end of this, these three issues, at the end of the story, in 249, she has the Synapse Disruptor in her hand. Reed ends up swiping it off of her somehow without her knowing. And when she is facing off with Sue, she gets ready and she says, I'll read it here, wishful thinking Mrs. Richards, but for the moment, none of you can move. Now that I think is her saying she's using her telepathic powers to restrain them. And your husband is about to become a widower. Now at one point, she says earlier that she was going to use Reed's, uh, influence Reed to kill his wife. So she was going to use him to kill his wife, but I think she's cut that plan short now. And she says, I'll see to it that he doesn't even remember you in his dreams. My disruptor will rearrange your, and then she takes her hand and points it at them like she's going to use it towards them. So this whole first issue where she's got to touch them with it, I assume she must not have had to do that. And, and now it acts like it's some kind of a weapon that she could point and use, which I, again, everything leading up to this made it seem like it was a weapon that just knocked people out too. 
wasn't something you could just point and use and, and do something to. It sounds like she's about to say she's going to rearrange their molecules or, or do something. But she says, what? Nothing's happening. Why isn't it? It's gone. And that's when she realizes the disruptor is gone. So anyway, that's the, you know, that's the end of Delilah at that point. Well, after Ghost Rider gets a hold of her. But my point being is that back in, into the what if, Hulk is telling the story of this final battle where Delilah has the disruptor. And she, he says, then that scroll chippy aims that dingus at the four. So she apparently used disruptor like she was going to do in the end of fantastic four number 349 unleashes its power and then the next panel hulk says richards was a second too slow and that's all she wrote and then in the next panel it's just this massive explosion that leaves oh yeah it does say that thing scrambled their molecules couldn't even have an open casket ceremony so the fantastic four at that point are all dead they are killed so we're starting off this what if 78 the original Fantastic Four have been killed. All right, let's see what happens. So after the ceremony, Ghost Rider shows up, who hasn't been there, and says, hey, in his frightening way, that these four heroes must remain together to fill the void that the Fantastic Four have left. Spider-Man agrees, and they move into Four Freedoms Plaza. Now, the narrator of this story, well, here, as we go forward a little bit, is Mary Jane, Peter Parker's, I think it's his wife at this point. I believe. Anyways, Spider-Man's toiling away. Peter Parker's toiling away, uh, uh, trying to work on (laughs) basically doing the bills, (laughs) trying to figure out how to keep Four Freedoms Plaza afloat. uh, He mentions that Reed had a lot of debts, so he's trying to figure out how to keep this afloat. Uh, And he is the leader of the Fantastic Four at this point. But anyway, Mary Jane shows up and she is dressed in a fantastic four outfit she's got the blue classic fantastic what invisible woman would have been wearing what sue richards would have been wearing at the time that this story was going on blue and white four on the chest she's not a member of the fantastic four what she's doing is she's just kind of dressing up to show off for peter pretty much Uh, but yeah we find out that there's a bunch of debts that reed left so they're going to rent out floors of the of the plaza to other people And our next shot is Wolverine and Hulk, like, picking up a bunch of this technology that Reed had developed and moving it to a higher floor to to try and clear out some space for other residents that are going to be coming in and renting these floors. Uh, And it looks like this next page is how, as a team, they were able to come together and fight off a bunch of the villains. The boys had their work cut out for them. New challenges, new dangers, new bad guys. But they hung tough and they came up aces every time. There's a bit of a, there's a shot here of the Fantastic Four kind of in action on a video screen and Dr. Doom is watching. All this, yeah, this is a great part. So the Sinister Six show up. They're in an alleyway somewhere. They've got Spider-Man cornered and they're like, what do you think you're going to do? It's all six of us against you. And he's like, well, I've got to call in some help. And of course, there's the new FF, Hulk, Wolverine, Ghost Rider, all fighting against the Sinister Six. They handle them pretty easily. Then it looks like Mary Jane, who is still in this Fantastic Four outfit, is heading down to a vault of some time. She's looking for Herbie, the robot. Oh, yeah, one of the things that they were talking about is how Bruce Banner helps out during the day while the Hulk helps out at night. So Bruce Banner, this brilliant scientific mind, is actually kind of trying to pick up on some of the, with some of this technology that Reed was doing. You don't see Bruce, I think, at all in this book, but... 
it's mentioned that he is there. So anyway, Mary Jane makes her way down to this one vault. She sees Herbie, who is laying on the ground fried, and there's this unknown villain, actually unknown villains talking to each other when she shows up, and they hit her and knock her out. They're trying to figure out if they should kill her or what they should do, but they're looking for the Fantastic Four. They're trying to find him. And the Fantastic Four, you want to know what important business they're doing? They're upstairs in a conference room trying to figure out bills. <laughs> and it's funny because Hulk points that out. He's like, we're supposed to be world beaters and we're sitting over here doing paperwork, but they've got to figure out how to keep the plaza afloat. Peter mentions how the Fantastic Four succeeded where other groups failed because they sweated the details. They were a family. And Grey Hulk gets in his face and says, you mean to tell me? Let me get this straight. Richards and them kept guys like Galactus and Doom in line because they were like a super-powered Waltons? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, okay. Looks like things take a turn here. And they're immediately, they hear an explosion within the building. And it is the Abomination and Lady Deathstrike who have shown up to attack the Hulk and Wolverine and, of course, the rest of the team. But it's interesting because they've decided to switch mortal enemies. So Lady Deathstrike is taking on the Hulk while Wolverine is being attacked by the Abomination. Here's a funny little interaction. The Abomination has Wolverine in his hands. He says, look at this shrimp. And Wolverine, like, slashes him in the face and says, at least I don't look like two tons of guacamole. <laughs> so Danny Ketch who's not the ghostwriter at this point in time, is running off to try and get transformed, goes into the next room, and he runs into those that pair of villains that we were talking about earlier, which looks like, I believe, I don't even think these guys are named in here, but it's a, it's definitely a massive scroll of some type, so I'm assuming it's the super scroll. You know what? Let's see if this is a Marvel fandom. Yeah, this will help out a lot. Our featured characters we already talked about, Ghost Rider, Spider-Man, Wolverine, Hulk. Supporting characters are Herbie. Antagonists, Pybok the Power Scroll. Okay, let me double check that. Yep, Pybok the Power Scroll. Don't know much about that guy. And Devos, Devos the Devastator. Yeah, that's the other guy. So let me just describe what Pybok looks like. Uh, he looks like, okay, imagine the Hulk, but a scroll. Big, muscly, bound dude, wearing a big vest with spikes on the shoulders. I've never heard of a power scroll. I thought of a super scroll, but this is a power scroll. Superhuman strength, speed, stamina, durability, agility, flight, metallic transformation, ice generation, bioelectric projection, hypnotic gaze. Interesting. And Davos. Let me describe Davos here. Okay, Mr. Freeze from DC, Batman villain, but a robot looking, maybe Dr. Doomish looking face. Silver, blue uniform. Now, the only thing they have listed here for powers, it says he was stated to have a planetary threat level by the Nova Corps. First appeared Fantastic Four, number 359, December of 1991. Pybok, what's his first appearance? Oh, okay. Right beside each other. So that was 359. Pybok first appeared Fantastic Four, number 358, November of 1991. Well, that's interesting. So it's kind of, I, I assume, following the lineage there's got to be a story here. Well, there you go. There's our answer. Pybok and Davos. Those are our villains, the two mystery villains that show up. Uh, so they show up, uh, you know, they confront uh, Danny as he walks through the door and they hit him with some kind of power blast. He lands on the ground and then becomes Ghost Rider. Meanwhile, it looks like Lady Deathstrike, the Abomination, are fighting off the rest of the Fantastic Four. Abomination punches Hulk through the building and <laughs> How many floors did he fall? 
goes out of the building and he falls to the ground and they are way up there too. Hits the ground and then comes out of there. Ow, that hurt. And then, oh wow. So the Grey Hulk then is like, wants to get back up to the top and face off with the threat. So he proceeds to climb the building. Oh, Davos and Pybok have no idea what's in store. They're about to walk through the same door that Danny Ketch just got punched through, and he comes out blazing on his bike. Justice will be served. Swinging his chain, and he unleashes some hellfire on Pybok and Davos. <laughs> so Pybok and Davos fight back. They hit Ghost Rider so hard, he goes flying through another room, this time into the room where... Spider-Man and Wolverine are trying to hold off Lady Deathstrike and the Abomination. And Pybok and Davos walk through and they're like, oh, we got some other people that are going after these guys. Well, let's not stop anything. Let the, uh, it says, let the festivities continue. Spider-Man gets upset and he sees Mary Jane, who they have had captured this whole time and dragging her around. As soon as he sees that, he is enraged and he goes right after Pybok. Davos hits Wolverine with a blast. Looks like it's kind of electrocuting him or doing something that doesn't look good. He's covered in a bunch of white, flaring electricity. Oh, and Spider-Man and Wolverine are down, but the Hulk has returned only to be punched again out of the building. <laughs> this time, I don't know who hit him, but he got hit hard. And they think that they hit him hard enough to kill him. Well, Mary Jane cradling Spider-Man, yelling at the villains, you're murderers. And they're about to close in and finish things off. And then all of a sudden, they are just incinerated. Okay, so Doom shows up and he says, no one may destroy the Fantastic Four. Any Fantastic Four. No one may claim victory over my enemies. No one save me. And yeah, he's incinerated the four villains. They're not there anymore. Pete's talking to Wolverine, and he says, that figures we weren't much of a club. It, don't, it took Doom to save us. Wolverine says, don't beat yourself up over it, kid. There can only be one Fantastic Four, and we ain't it. Anyone seen Banner? <laughs> There's a crater. I don't know where this is at. I'm sure it's like at least two blocks from the building. And the Hulk says, oh, that hurt. So the Hulk is still alive. On our final page, I'll read this to you. Mary Jane is making a diary entry, and she says, so that was the end of the coolest apartment I'd ever lived in. So she's talking about Four Freedoms Plaza. Four Freedoms Plaza was demolished. A year later, they put up a hotel in its place, and everyone went their separate ways. Peter says that maybe they weren't cut out to save the world, at least not as a team. Well, he's the big hero in my story, and he always will be. So there you have it. What if the new Fantastic Four, Four Against the Darkness? So... All in all, it sounds like as a team, they were successful up to a point, And then when they got their butts handed to them, they decided to call it quits shortly afterwards. Uh, there you go. That was What If 78. I hope you had a chance to listen to Chris Armstrong, Evan Bevins, and myself discuss the new FF in Fantastic Four issues 347, 348, and 349. And I hope this shines a little bit of light on one of the alternate adventures of that team. This is Jesse Starcher. I'll be talking to you soon. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank you all for joining us. Make sure to give that Rattlich in Broadcasting Facebook page a like to stay up on top of all the great podcasts we have to offer. We are at home on Spreaker, but you can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and recently we have hit the air on Spotify. Find your favorite podcast platform and type in R-A-D-U-L-I-C-H to subscribe for some great content. If you enjoyed this show, please feel free to share and spread the word. And as always, we appreciate any feedback and look forward to entertaining you again soon.